0: All right. Hello, Greater Philadelphia. Welcome to Tool Time Real Estate Radio here on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Sarah Timon. This is Stacey Mitchell. Tom will be joining us in just a minute. We've got Nick behind the camera, and we are streaming live on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, As always, we've got a, a bunch of good topics to go over here today. One of the first ones that we're going to start off with is an article that came out from Housing Wire. Will falling mortgage rates entice potential home buyers off the sidelines? So, we had some exciting news this week. Um, we had the biggest uh, just drop in mortgage rates, like the biggest one week decline um, in a year, going
1: down to, I mean, we're at what, 7% now? Yeah, today it came back at 7%. Yeah. Yes. So late last week, uh, the last I saw was seven point one two five, which right. was very exciting. And right. then today to have seven percent,
0: oh my gosh! I know that was I saw that come out, and I was like, yes, Woo-hoo. that's that's what we needed. Yes. Um. So the the article goes on to say that they they think that we're up right around fifteen percent increase in the number of initial mortgage applications. Uh. That doesn't take into consideration the number of buyers that had already applied and were still on the sidelines and they've also, you know, people that have re-entered the home buying process. So that is definitely a nice little spike and kind of exciting for it to hit this time of year when we often would see, you know, a seasonal slowdown. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had, with this drop, have you noticed uh, buyers kind of re-reaching out or when you've reached out to tell them, Excited about the news.
1: Yeah, very excited. When I when I reached out last week uh, to a few people that I know had been kind of, you know, when it was starting to peak up closer to 8%, Mm -hmm. they kind of pulled back a little bit. So it was a pleasant surprise. And today I reached out to one of my other clients and told him it was seven and he was just really happy about that. Um right. and like All you said, we said, <laughs> is for them to jump up to eight for seven to <laughs> be good news, right? <laughs> and can you imagine when they dip below seven, what's going to happen? Oh, it's going to be the people that come flooding back into the market. It'll be yeah. back to the what we've been telling our folks. You know, you might find more competition mm-hmm. because the rates have dropped, and this is what people have been waiting for. But the reason for this change was because the CPI report for October. Showed that inflation cooled more than expected, so that was a very welcome change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the stock market responded favorably. The treasury yields fell. Uh, Tom's going to talk more about this when he comes in because this is his wheelhouse. But <laughs> Sarah and I can speak about what we what we see out in the field. So it's been nothing but positive news, and I'm very I'm super excited uh, for for the buyers because. Things are moving in the right direction. Right. When right now with them being at seven, there
0: is real opportunity. There's like a little pocket right now of the rates have dropped down when you're looking at, especially for clients who are really actively looking and you're putting together those buyer estimated sheets for, you know, on a weekly basis for different properties, seeing that if you're looking generally in the same price point with generally the same taxes, like seeing that little dip is is exciting. Um, But when it goes below here is I think when you're really going to see like already there's been a little bit of an uptick in buyers coming back to the market. I think when we get below that seven point is where you're really going to see it. So right now you can take advantage of that dip and also like some competition, but not as much as we are telling you we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back. Trust us when I right. tell you that. Right. Like, so it's a, it's a good little pocket and a good window to be in right now. Also with, um, inventory on the market, mm-hmm. there's, we had seen like a little bit of a uptick there just because of interest rates being, being where they were. So you've got, uh, you've got some options. You've got a nice little window here to get in before the competition goes just wild. Mm-hmm. And, um, rates especially when you compare them to that that eight percent it's looking a, it's looking, looking really better. rosy
1: very festive yes but and consider this too when we get into to the traditional spring market which really starts in January and that's when most uh, people start back into the fold of, of uh, home buying and home selling what are the rates going to be then so take the opportunity now Capitalize, as Sarah said, capitalize on the the dip in the interest rate now. The bump in the inventory. Look for houses that have been on the market a little bit. See if you can. We talked about this last week. See if you can get in, uh, get your offers in if it's something that you're looking for before the seller does a price adjustment. But you're going to have this is like the sweet spot that everybody's been waiting for, right? You know, you the interest rates are better. You have probably a choice in different houses, negotiate purchase price possibly, inspections, Mm -hmm. all kinds of things you can get now as far as for, you know, to feel like you're each side is equal. Right. And for if you've been
0: sitting on the sidelines and had those different moments in time here over the past couple years where you feel as though you missed the boat, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: this boat just pulled up, (laughs) hop on, your (laughs) ship just came in. ship came (laughs) in. This is... Don't miss this one.
1: That's
2: right. <laughs> yeah, that's a really great point, you two, because um, Josh Rubin of Douglas Elliman, he's a good friend of mine, but he's also the number one resale broker in uh, Douglas Elliman in Manhattan. So competitive market, right? He came out and said, hey, we're at an inflection point in the housing market right now. I want And I think this is really, really smart in terms of what he's talking about. And this is after Jerome Powell's comments about a week ago, um, along with the employment numbers. Now we've got this favorable CPI data that just came out. Um, and... You know, anyone that needs to hear this, this is what he said. We have hit an inflection point in markets. Real estate is headed up from here. You're welcome. And when you look at everything going on, it's not just the rates. Like You're hitting on the rates, but we've seen 39.1% of listings nationwide have a price adjustment in the month of November. When was the last time that happened? It was about a yeah. year ago. And we've got inventory rising. So in October, it was up 9.09% in Chester, Delaware, Montgomery counties, and, and uh, Philadelphia in terms of month supply of inventory. Now it's eighteen and a half percent for the month of November. Wow. So sure, there's still not that four month supply of five month supply of homes on the market, but we're seeing things grow. And Stacey, you asked, like, hey, where are rates going to be in the first quarter? They're probably not going to be much lower. A lot of the predictions that we're seeing, and and we go over this stuff every every you know week at at our team just because this is the stuff consumers need to hear. Um, most people are predicting rates are going to be high six, low seven at, at uh, you know, high six at best. And this is coming from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, as well as uh, Goldman Sachs. So, I mean, these are the predictions that are out there. Lance Lambert over at the Resi Club did a really nice job with this. That That's as low as people are predicting they're going to go. So you can wait and let more people maybe jump into the market after the first of the year. You said that January is when the spring market starts. I tend to agree. Or you could be that savvy home buyer and look at, hey, I got 45 days here maybe to get ahead of the market a little bit. Because if rates come down even a little more, they get down to like in the sixes, you're going to see a lot more people come into the market and that could push prices up and cancel out any savings. Mm-hmm. So to give some perspective, now today they hit seven. So it's seven and a quarter. You're saving $217 a month on a $500,000 home from seven and a quarter to 8%. So it's going to be even more. It's more like, you know, two thirty, two forty. Going down to seven, that's a pretty big savings for a lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So what's what's the buyer's uh, reaction been? I mean, I know you two ladies are in the field constantly. What's the reaction been since rates have dropped the past three, four, five days here?
1: Very positive. That's for sure. So the the folks that I reached out to and talked to about it, they're – they were really happy to see that it's headed in in that direction as opposed mm-hmm. to the opposite direction so for them they thought um, now is the time so yeah. they're on board with that because they were looking but you know kind of like dipping a toe in the water there but now they're like oh, okay this is this does make a big difference mm-hmm. it's it's good opportunity there is inventory to look at. Right. Let's get out there and be serious about it and, and take advantage of the situation. Yeah. I mean, and a, a number of my, you know, very active
0: clients are aware, you know, they're, they're looking at this every day. They're, they're checking it out. So it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, me bringing them the new, like they knew that this was going on, but definitely excited. Um, And I know like particularly for For one of my clients that has just written such good offers, I mean, it's not like we've written a ton. I think we've written two. Mm -hmm. Just very strong offers, very good, and just got, you know, beaten out. And we were running the numbers at, you know, that higher interest rate. And now we have one coming up that we're going to be looking at tomorrow um, that, you know, looks like a great fit. And just looking at that uh, buyer estimate at the lower price point, it, one, gives Ability to be even a little bit more competitive, or get that money back in your pocket. So, um, yeah, it's it's exciting if you're active and proactive, and you know, ready to mm-hmm. ready to jump in when these little upticks or downticks occur, um, and when you can take advantage.
2: Think about the positivity in the market. I mean, how much how much negativity has there been? Rates are up, inventories down. CNBC had a headline: mortgage rates plummet. Right. Like this is a great thing to be talking about. This was last week. And so now we've got and we can talk about negativity in the media uh, in our next segment. But we've got this this positive momentum now. Hey, it's and we've seen inventory peak. I mean, we see inventory. It rose again last week um, and where it was actually rose compared to a week in 2022 when inventory fell. So we're at the peak so far for 2023. We have the most homes for sale all year long, which is usually not the case a week before a holiday in the fourth quarter, specifically Thanksgiving. And, you know, we've we've got rates coming down. We've got people like sellers are now like negotiating again, like mm-hmm. which is and this has not been like this since before the pandemic. It's probably right, right when you were like you saw a little bit of that. Stacey, you're not even used to this. Right. And it, it's all these things are happening and I'm so bullish on what's going to happen next year. Even if there are less transactions, there's so many things to be talking about with folks. I mean, there's so many good reasons to reach out to your clients. There's so many good reasons to reach out to your active buyers, the people that are maybe thinking about selling but on the fence. There's so many good reasons to do that if you can bring value based follow up as an agent. So, what's some of the message like when you're calling someone, like what are you saying? What are you saying to them on the phone? these past couple of days? Because it's been, I mean, it's been like an uppercut and then like a couple jabs and then like a right hook. I mean, it's constant with what's been going on as agents. We've been getting beat up a lot the past 12, 18 months. How are you starting these calls? How are you grabbing people's attention? Because if they're finding out from someone else besides their agent, it might be time for them to get a new agent, at least in my view.
0: Sure. Um, the, the way that I like to do it the best when it comes together this way is – You know, you go on in the morning and you're looking at the hot sheet, the new stuff that came out, and you're able to, you see a property that makes you think of this would be great for, Mm -hmm. you know, John Smith or whatever your buyer is. And you can call them and bring them both, hey, did you see this property that came up? And did you hear about the interest rates? And, you know, kind of being able to pull multiple things Mm -hmm. in to, you know, have them excited, um, not just about the fact that, like, Rates have changed a little bit, but also like, hey, this
1: this could be the right fit for you. Yeah, I do the same. I love that. Mm-hmm. I like going onto the hot sheets. I like going into the MLS and, and looking at my uh, saved searches for my hot buyers mm-hmm. just to see what's new on the market, what popped up that they might not be aware of, mm-hmm. and definitely shooting it over to them and then follow up with a text or a call to see if I can get them on the phone. Right. Um, especially if there's such good news about the interest rates. Yeah. It's monumental. Right. That's a game changer. Mm-hmm. So they might be more receptive and have more opportunity. Because let's face it, a lot of people just throw in the towel this time of year. Mm-hmm. If they're traveling around the holidays, they figure, eh, I'm going to just put it off till next year. Right. There's a lot of people that get out of the market. Right. So if you do have those folks that have you know been watching and waiting, this is the time, you have to reconnect with them. You have to right. bring them back in. Now's their opportunity. And... What a better time. I mean, they could potentially get into the home before the holidays, before the end of the year. Or Mm -hmm. like if that is too hectic for them,
0: you could have, you know, always, you know, you want to talk to both sides and find out what timelines are and what makes sense. But you could get the property under contract, Mm -hmm. have everything lined up, still be where you are for the holidays and then have Mm -hmm. it be you're moving in the beginning of the year um, without some of that additional stress. stress. But you got everything locked in and.
1: You know, you can start off the new year by mm-hmm. moving into your new home. I love that. The other interesting thing I'm finding is that my investor clients are coming back in. Yeah. They're totally like full bore. We need to get something. They want to do flips or they want to do holds. I mean, I haven't had this much activity with investors in a very long time.
2: Mm, interesting.
1: It is interesting. So, I mean, they're capitalizing too on the lower rates, but they also see the benefit. In real estate and whether it be, you know, that they can turn it over and, and make a profit because it's it's better than what the stock market's been doing mm-hmm. um, or just for tax purposes or whether they're going to invest and hold mm-hmm. as a rental. So uh, to me, that's been really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to help them as much. But even on that side of it, <laughs> the competition, it, it's it's pretty intense.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, there's always going to be competition for great properties, and that's what folks don't get is that even in you know a tough market, which I've been through many, you're going to see competition um, when it's priced right or underpriced, which agents still like to do. I find that to be a horrible strategy for listing any home. That's just my 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 opinion because there's no guarantee you get like the competing offers, and you don't want to be that person have the egg on your face and saying, "Well, we you know I told you we get competing offers, but that's not what happened." So. You know, you mentioned about the holidays, Sarah, and I think this is very important, that you're going to get this objection a lot. And some people are going to think, well, nobody's looking for homes. Well, that's just not not true. Um, If you look on days on market right now, it's still less than where we were pre-pandemic, which tells me demand is very strong. That's a clear indicator. Remember, the pandemic started in March. So you had January and February, which historically are high-demand months. So if you're a seller right now thinking, I'm going to wait until the spring or wait until next year, any buyer looking right now is going to be very serious. These people are ready to transact. They're informed that rates are lower. They're informed that, hey, maybe I can get the home that I want right now on the market and not have to compete with all these other folks. Um, less competition is going to be on the market than the spring. This is, this is emphatically true. If you look at the way inventory fluctuates, you typically see it rise back up after you get through the fourth quarter. So there's going to be more new listings coming to the market. So you got serious buyers. you got less competition. You have less showings to deal with and you have this excellent demand. So that tells me like yeah my don't just don't show your home over the holidays. Like li, right. like but Thanksgiving's what? A day? Right. I mean I didn't I didn't realize Thanksgiving was 45 days or, or however long it's going to be. You believe that? Well, you're you're laughing, but no. this this is what people think mm-hmm. or you know Christmas is what? It's a day, right? Okay, Christmas Eve you got two days, right? Maybe you need a day to clean up afterwards. Sure. There's also a lot of extra time off for people to go look at homes since it gets dark at 4:30 now. So there's all these reasons as a seller you want to be thinking about hey, we're at this inflection point. Maybe I need to get in on it if I'm serious about moving, and especially if you've got another home you're trying to buy. Mm-hmm. For the buyers that want to wait, I mean, you've got rates just came down. You've got more price adjustments. You've got more inventory. What else are you, what else are you waiting for? I mean, h- how right. much longer do you want to wait? Because if you are saying you're going to wait, you've probably been waiting before, and you made that mistake earlier. And don't do it again. You know, Has there ever been a time where you realize like, there's an opportunity in front of me, maybe I should jump on it? Because if rates do come down further, you're going to be dealing with the same competition again. So all of this tells me, and I'm not saying buy or transact right now, the savvy consumers are meeting face-to-face with agents, whether they're buying or selling a home, and they're having a strategy session or a planning meeting. People stopped doing this a few years ago, especially with buyers. They just wanted to get them out and show them homes. Having a planning meeting or a strategy session as a consumer, if your agent is not offering this, find someone who will. Because if you don't have a plan, you're going out there just kind of shooting from the hip, and you won't know what to expect if that competitive situation does arise. To me, that's really important. So anything we want to add here? I mean, we've got some really great stuff happening around uh, the the current market. I mean, I'm I'm really, really, you know, uh, bullish on what's happening. Anything else we got to cover here?
1: I think we covered a lot.
2: So if you're getting some value out of this, and you want to schedule a call with our team, jump on our YouTube channel. You can see in the comments. We can get in touch with you, have a strategy session with you. Make sure you subscribe and like the page. And we'll be right back on Tooltime Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.
3: 5 one
4: Or give us a call at 610 439 8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around the clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America.
3: Mortgage America is an equal housing lender, NMLS 128501.
4: The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX
2: team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool with an E dot com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610 692 6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. she's Sarah Time, and she's Stacey Mitchell, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018, and we're streaming live every week, specifically on YouTube. So if you get some value out of the show here, you want to tune in every week, just make sure to subscribe to the channel, give us a like, or better yet, drop a comment. We got a great comment last week about you two that Ooh-hoo. I was not even missed. So <laughs> I see a long sabbatical from Tuesday afternoons in my future here. <laughs>
0: I don't think so. <laughs> right, you don't. We got to give him a shout
2: out. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't it know who that was, Luis. so we'll have to look at it. So, yes. but uh, that great comment. No surprise there on my end. So, <laughs> so we got this commission lawsuit, and, mm-hmm. and this has just been ongoing here. And you know, this whole thing is very interesting. There's a lot to unpack because they had the ruling a couple weeks ago, um, and and for the record, it's being appealed like immediately. We were it was two weeks ago, literally today. Uh, two weeks today, we were on the show. So it got appealed immediately, which which is fine. That's the Sitzer Burnett suit, uh, Remax and Anywhere settled. Um, then there was the one point seven five billion dollars in damages that were awarded to the plaintiffs, and now it's going to treble damages, which totals five point three five six billion. Um, and that's that went went to appeal literally right away. Then you've got the other commission lawsuit that settled to begin, uh, that's scheduled to begin trial. Then we have. The Gibson lawsuit, which is the copycat suit of the first one from Sitzer Burnett that names all the other major real estate companies that weren't in the first lawsuit <laughs> by the same attorney, Michael Ketchmark, which I'm going to get to in a second. Um, and Ketchmark's saying those, those damages could exceed $200 billion before trebling. Then you've got Batten One and Batten Two. So Batten One and Two are home buyers. That are the plaintiffs that allege NAR anywhere KW Remax Home Services and three of its subsidiaries have inflated costs for home buyers. Batten One was filed in 2021 and amended in 2022 with Batten as the lead plaintiff. Motions to dismiss Batten One are pending. Then you've got Batten Two, which is the, it's the same, it's, it's identical. The other companies: Compass, EXP, Redfin, Weichert, United, Howard Hanna, and Douglas Elliman, and uh, uh, home buyers again saying home prices were inflated. So then, there's more. There's the Burton suit in South Carolina. That's the latest one to get announced. That was filed on November sixth. Uh, literally, the you know right right when the um, the the verdict was announced, plaintiffs accuse NAR and KW of of conspiring anti-competitive restraints. Then you've got the New York R E B N Y lawsuit in uh, that was filed on November seventh, where home sellers allege that the real estate board of New York violate state and federal antitrust laws. And then you have the no-select MLS PIN case that was settled in Massachusetts. There's going to be more. There's DOJ versus NAR that was reopened, right, unheard of. This is the first time it happened. So we got all this stuff going on here, right? And here's what agents need to be prepared for. And this is something I've been shocked. I mean, we had a meeting like the next day. Well, we happened to have a team meeting planned anyway, we would have had a team meeting if there wasn't a meeting planned. Let me be very clear with you. I think you guys probably know me well enough to know that's what would have happened. We were getting in the office and addressing this. And there's a lot of things that uh, I, I, people are getting wrong about this case. Grant Cardone came out and said, hey, the judge got this wrong, even though the jury made the decision. Uh, Michael Ketchmark was on a CNBC video with Josh Flagg from Million Dollar Listing out in Los Angeles, who's you know obviously a very successful agent, and he asked him to name... One other industry where the buyer pays the fees. And Josh Flagg named an industry in about three seconds, the auction industry. And correct me if I'm wrong, but don't attorneys, when they win a lawsuit, get paid by the other side for their fee? I'm pretty clear they are. Yes. The plaintiffs aren't paying him. No. The losers are. And Michael Ketchmark's making the lion's share of the settlement. The The projections yeah. are settlement parties are going to get maybe 2500 bucks, while he's getting 40% of the settlement fees. Right. So... There's a lot happening here, and this is going to be in appeals for the next three to five years is my guess. What's your reaction to all this? Because this has is, this is gone from, okay, here, I mean, I, I have a very different view of how these testimonies went. I'll give you my explanation in a second where NAR made some mistakes. Now we're in this copycat lawsuits that are just happening all over the place. What do you two think about all this? I mean, this has been pretty incredible how far this has gone in 14 days. I go out of town for one week and look what <laughs> happens. Yeah, you know, I was only going actually two days, so it wasn't even that long.
0: Right. I mean, I think that things like this are going to continue to pop up. Like, once the door gets opened, like, there's going to be more and more of this. And I think it's important to be aware of it, like, know what's going on with it, be informed, mm-hmm. be able to explain it, but also just to keep doing your job.
1: Yep. I agree. It's now, you know, all the. It's in the news. So, yeah. and it's just the latest and greatest thing that's that's happening out there in the world of real estate. Um, there's so many um, uh, you know, energies that want to change the industry anyway. Mm-hmm. And this has been happening for, you know, for a long time. Mm-hmm. From I mean, we can name them, you know Zillow, Open Door, all these things. i buyers, right? Mm-hmm. Wanting to get rid of agents, wanting to change the industry. Even the DOJ, you know, the the federal government. We're all self employed people. We're small businesses, mm-hmm. so we're working against all these negative energies, right? To start, um, and then you. Have Have this. That's just like throwing logs on the fire, you Mm -hmm. know. People get wind of this, and they're like, "Yeah, those real estate agents are slimy anyway. Get rid of them." So, and then we're back to just free market or lawyers handling all the deals. Well, do you trust the lawyers? Right. I mean, I would. That's a simple question, right there. Mm -hmm. But honestly, from day to day, right now, nothing has changed the way we do business. So that's the great news because we are still helping people transact. Mm-hmm. We're helping them through this complicated process because it is. Yeah, there's you know I think that when you sit down and you talk to your your clients, you give them a better understanding of how the process works. Mm-hmm. You're giving them the information. People need help through these transactions. Right. Sometimes they're it's a very emotional mm-hmm. thing that they're going through. Right. Um, and the the average person. Cannot navigate this themselves. Right. Hence, that's why we're here, to help right. them through. Yeah. So um, I think that things will settle. The smoke will, you know, filter down as the lawsuits go on. But you know how these things go. They drag out. They drag out. Yep. They drag on. People will forget. There's going to be a new topic tomorrow. Um and But we're still going to be here for our clients because that's what we do. And if right. you are in the business to help people like we are, mm-hmm. then then we will be just fine and our clients will be just fine. Right. And I mean, I think
0: if it was like the um, the view that I feel like is given in a lot of this is like all that they do is open a door and then they take this commission. Like you and I both know. There is a lot more to it than that. We know all of the Mm -hmm. negotiations, the back and forth, the comps and the research that you run in order even before you get to the showing Mm -hmm. so that you can come out and you can tell them what's going on. You've built these relationships with all of these different agents from other brokerages, Mm -hmm. like created a good name for yourself over the course of these years so that as more transactions come forward, you have more to build off of. And like, you know that you are doing stuff. Day in, day out, evenings, weekends. Like, there is a constant um, push of work that we're we're doing, some of it more behind the scenes than others.
1: And it's it's performance-based. Right. So we don't get a paycheck, (laughs) right, unless we close. Right. Okay, so we could add up all the hours that we put into a particular deal. Mm Mm-hmm. Or not. Yep. Some of our people will never transact. Will never even right. one. Mm-hmm. They, they might move to a different state. Yeah. So all those hours that we invested into them, we don't get that back. Right. So this is in the lines with how attorneys adjust, Have they set their fees. They mm-hmm. have a commission, right? Yep. And how often is that negotiated? Probably people don't negotiate, although it can be negotiated, but people don't. It's a standard rate. It's usually 35 or 40%. There, it's performance-based. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's like, if we don't get you money, then we don't get paid. Right. 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 <laughs> Exactly. So uh yeah, it's it, it is very interesting. But um to your point, Sarah, yeah, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes people just don't realize because they haven't done it. They haven't right. been on So it's easy to say, Yeah, what do you do? You know, right. you don't do anything. You right. sit around and open a door. No. There's way, way more to to the whole the whole process from start to finish. Exactly. So I think being able to like
0: show that, not in a look at all the things I do, but just Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is how we help you get through the process. Cause I think without having it be your world every day of like the ins and outs and all of the little pieces that go into um, the transaction and and just working with people in general and, and all of it um, from the outside, it, I can see why people would, you know, just be like, Hey, why should I give you that money? But being able to like show it and then, you know, create value and, have good relationships with your clients, um, that should make a lot of this background noise and a lot of this stuff kind of be, again, be informed, be able to talk about it because if clients ask, and it's coming up on headlines, but it it shouldn't affect your day-to-day that much if you're doing all the right things anyway. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So Michael Ketchmark is a personal injury attorney, and typically how these attorneys work is that they will only get paid if they deliver a result. This sounds identical to real estate agents because in this business, you don't get paid for almost selling the home. Right. You don't get paid for showing the buyer a bunch of properties to your point states unless you're a Redfin agent and then you earn your fee mm-hmm. that way, mm-hmm. which was not named in the first suit that settled, by the way. You get paid when you deliver a result. And again, typically when a personal injury attorney as the defendant, uh, 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 the defendant gets paid by the defendant when they are the plaintiff, that it's an identical way this is compensated. The defendant's the seller, the plaintiff's the buyer. That's really what this is. So I find this all a little hypocritical on his part, to be very clear. Um, Now, that being said, I mean, there's also some other things that need to be debunked here. Because you look at some of these editorials and articles from places like The Economist, Entrepreneur Magazine, and The Wall Street Journal. Here's some of the highlights. So in Entrepreneur Magazine... The writer states the court ruling in Sitzer could lead to a decrease in the average home price in the U.S. by 1% to 2% just by cutting the commission paid to buyer's agents. The Economist says either the fat fee, real estate commission, inflates the house price or the buyer um, ends up paying a similar fee when he or she sells. And from the editorial board um, of the Wall Street Journal, 90% of transactions offer buyer-agent commissions of exactly 3%. And this one... If not for the Realtor's Rule, many buyers wouldn't use brokers or would negotiate lower commissions. Home prices would likely fall. I I don't see how any of this is factual because, you know, if you look at how—it's just wildly wrong. I mean, ultimately, the market sets the price of a home, and it cares little for closing costs. You know, if the the homeowner owes less on their home or more on their home— or they have some tax lien they didn't pay. It doesn't really matter. The buyer doesn't care about any of that stuff. They care about what's a fair price for the property. And remember, these properties have to appraise at a purchase price. They don't factor in real estate commissions for that. So that's number one. Sale prices don't go up and down based on closing costs. It doesn't happen, period. Right. And then on on top of that, realtor fees, um, I mean, they've uh, on average, are approximately 4.8% of homeowners' equity paid out in commissions. That's based on a study that was done um, through the Federal Reserve of St. Louis, um, where they, they added this all up, and then they looked at where, where the averages were. So that's clearly not the case. And then if you look at um, another quote from Entrepreneur Magazine, firms like Redfin and Zillow have changed the home-buying process by providing buyers with easy access to a wealth of information the writer goes on to say agents must adapt and find new ways to provide value to their client that may involve building strong relationships, offering personalized service, and providing guidance on complex aspects of home buying that may not be readily accessible online. That's what a good agent does. And you mentioned the door openers. So I think there were a lot of those people the past three years. A lot of them are out of the business. I We know some of these people. Uh-huh. They thought it was easy. Oh, I'm just going to go sell some houses. And then when it came to... Follow up and prospecting and lead generation. They decided they didn't need to do that, and guess what? Now they're not selling real estate. Period. Or at another brokerage in some cases. Um, and when you look at the one thing no one's talking about is friction, right? So think about what it's like negotiating directly with someone you're buying a property from. Is that going to give you more friction or more anxiety, Sarah, or less friction? More. More, right? I I, I don't think there's any question, right? So friction comes when the seller and the buyer have to negotiate the compensation amongst parties, right? It actually makes the transaction tougher. And I would argue if nothing's being offered out, well, what if the buyer agent comes in and says, hey, I got this great offer. Your home's not selling. I want double the norm.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And that could
2: very well happen to make a deal because people want to get out of the property. There's no set rules. This happens in commercial real estate all the time. You did a commercial deal and had to, had to go through this. Where you negotiated your own composition compensation, right? Right. Was that a little unusual for you? Yes. What What did like did your bot like tell us about that experience? Because that's not something I know. It's the first time you had to deal with it. I'd never had to do that.
0: Right. So it was there was no like predetermined. Um, this is the this is the commission for bringing in somebody to take over. Now this was a a commercial lease. So, um, you know, I had to go to Tom and kind mm-hmm. of find out what normal numbers are because they were like. He was basically like, present us. And um then I had to go in and I was like looking for the appropriate form to use. And I sent him something and he was like, uh, yeah, just put it in an email. And I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, with that, it was the I was representing the tenant. Um, so the commission was coming from the the landlord. So it's not like I was negotiating directly with my client for what they were gonna pay me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was still like both parties were involved here to um you know like agents on both sides so there wasn't that directness like of talking to the the individual um one on one but yeah it was it was different
2: <laughs> well and and think about hey so you've negotiated the sale right and now you know what let, let's say the buyer's negotiating directly with the listing agent and and they decide they don't need representation because they're not going to get paid i mean there's more friction there the buyer may not know what to do they may say the wrong thing. Like, it's no different than when I've walked through a home with buyer and I said, hey, like, don't show you're excited here. Let's walk through here like normal people and talk about it outside away from the video cameras. Right. 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 People don't get that advice. There's so much more involved in this. It's not just opening doors. An agent that just opened doors is a bad agent. Like, right. let's be like very clear. But there's all these things that happen so that they're not even talking about in, in these commission lawsuits, which is why I think the, the good news here is that this is going in, in front of a judge. And it's not going to be appealed to a jury. But I also would argue the NAR made some big missteps here. You know they didn't have any of the agents testify that represented these folks in these transactions? Like, how how do you not do that? Right. I mean, mean, does that look obvious to you, too?
1: Yeah. Wow. That's very, yeah. Okay. Well, the NAR. (laughs) Right. But, I mean, this is is
2: the defense, right? right. How do you not get real estate agents on the stand in this situation? You have to.
0: Well, especially when, if I am remembering correctly— like quite a few of the people that were um, when the lawsuit said that their agent did a great job. Right.
2: They did a great job. I knew the commission was ne- uh, negotiable.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I just don't think it was fair that I had to pay were some of the comments. So wh- why are you not having the real estate agent out there and saying, hey, I went through the agreement of sale
4: mm-hmm.
2: or excuse me. I went through the listing contract. I showed him here's the fee. Here's what we're paying out. Are you okay with this? Mm-hmm. At no point did we say it was free to work with the buyer. I mean, th- these are things that they needed to hear because these claims that happen. And I've I've heard people say this, so I I mean, it does happen. Uh, and again, it's typically bad agents that do this. You know, if, if you can't communicate your value and explain the contract right, that's I, that that's where you can get in a lot of trouble. But why are these agents not on the stand that actually worked with these folks?
1: Yeah, that was a missed opportunity for sure. Right? Well, maybe we'll see it in appeal.
2: appeal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and I mean then also I think there to protect us as agents is that whole, what, like the procuring clause piece Mm -hmm. of it where Mm -hmm. if you, if during the time that they are, you are representing them as the listing agent in case if anybody was like, all right, I'm going to wait for this to expire, but I'm going to keep this guy's name and number and then I'm going to call him and then I'm going to take that deal, but I'm not going to pay any of the commission. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so there is a piece in there to protect us from from that happening. Mm Mm-hmm which I think is important. It is, yeah.
2: So you know, a real misstep in this trial here, and now we've got all these copycat lawsuits going on. So the, the thing that agents need to prepare for, and we're, we're actually putting something together, we're going to have this roll out at our team um, in two weeks after Thanksgiving, the Wednesday afterwards. You guys will be finding out about this in a day or two. How to navigate, what are the best practices you need to have in place in this post-commission lawsuit era? Because this, is, this question's come up. I got it last night at a listing appointment with someone on our team the very first day the first phone call i made the day after this suit dropped someone said hey did you look at the wall street journal today oh, to me I, I mean our and i know we've been practicing this we've been role playing this but if you don't know how to deal with like i read in the news about this commission lawsuit you're going to be in a lot of trouble so what what do you, what do you say to those folks that you know it, hey you know, sarah stacy I, I i heard about this lawsuit what does that mean for me like what do i do here what do you say to them
0: I mean, I think break down that, you know, things are – there is a lawsuit that's going on right now. Um, some of the uh, things that came in will most likely be appealed. As it stands today, there you could have an option of putting 0%, whereas just very recently it was $1 <laughs> or, like, $0 to pay out a a buyer agent. Um, it used to be $1, but anybody who offered $1, like, they're – you know – there were things that, that came along with that, and just kind of break down how it plays out um, for them, and how it's more beneficial to have everyone have representation and get to settlement.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Know your value. What are you bringing to the table here? What are you? What's your role
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to protect the client? Um, your negotiating skills, because that's what it comes down to yeah. a lot, right? Um, if you would leave it to the private parties, the buyers and sellers, to negotiate, I, it would be hard to imagine how many settlements would not happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they just wouldn't. People right. get hung up on a five hundred dollar credit yep. the day of closing mm-hmm. because yep. somebody left the, something, right, some st- stuff behind. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why we are here. We we have negotiating skills. We know the contracts. We know the deadlines. That's that's what we're you know that's the value that we bring know your value and and know how to articulate that to your clients I think that's very important because if you don't know how to do that uh, then how would your clients know what you bring right
4: mm-hmm.
1: well and I think pointing out that like
0: you know negotiating for yourself in this piece demonstrates negotiate like how you will negotiate on their behalf um you know if you just roll over and say you'll do it for nothing, like, wouldn't that lead you to think that when an offer comes in, you'll just try to have it work out because, you know, you just want to check this off and move along.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not able to handle this in your sleep, because this question is going to become up more and more. And the folks that don't think they don't need to know about it or their leadership team, and whether they're in a brokerage, team anywhere else isn't addressing it with them, And telling them exactly what to say, because I've heard some people, they're like, oh, well, things have changed. I'm like, what's changed? Nothing has changed. There's actually, there's been no material changes whatsoever, except the ability to offer out a zero instead of a dollar Mm -hmm. in in, in the bright MLS. That's the only material change that's happened. You can't say free, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. That's bad business. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a game plan to talk to consumers about this in ways they can understand, you're in a lot of trouble. And if you're not getting coached on that or there's not guidance in that where you're located, it might be time to find a new place to hang your shingle. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I want to talk about this. So, some of the unintended consequences for home buyers if this actually goes through. Because, on that interview with Josh Flagg and Michael Ketchmark, if, if you noticed what he talked about, Josh Flagg mentioned, like, hey, well, this would cost people tens of thousands of dollars. And they got into a little bit of an argument about it, mm-hmm. which I find to be very unrealistic. So, we're going to talk about that next on Tooltime Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's e.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610 692 6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group with at REMAX Mainline, uh, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018, as well as Nick, who's behind the camera, our outstanding videographer. Um, we're streaming live every week on YouTube. So if you get some value out of this, subscribe to the channel, give us a like, drop a comment, let us know if there's something you want to cover. And what I want to talk about next here um, is we just talked about this commission lawsuit and how I think some of these people involved don't really get it. Uh, Michael Ketchmark specifically th- there was there's this interview on CNBC. It's with Josh Flagg for Million Dollar Listing and, and it, Josh Flagg had said, well, if you know people have to pay out of pocket for a buyer agent, it might cost them fifty thousand dollars because he's selling, you know, high priced homes. He's in like Beverly Hills and downtown LA. And immediately Michael Ketchmark says we don't have those homes in Missouri. Well, I I I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes does. Number 1. Um I I I don't believe that, but that that was his that was his defense to this. And and the reality is there's some unintended consequences here with this lawsuit and specifically I want to talk about veterans. There was an article on now bam our friends over there that 3 out of 10 veterans and active duty service members know They can use their VA loan. That means 70% don't know they can use a VA loan. If you don't know what that is, it's 100% financing, so you don't have to come up with a down payment. And they might think home ownership is unattainable. Now, with VA loans, you can't pay a commission. You can't even pay a, a, a conveyancing or transaction services fee. We've all probably run into this before on a VA loan. So veterans now with this lawsuit, have less options. And I, I think that that's a real problem with this. And a lot of buyers in general probably just can't afford to pay the commission out of pocket. So now they're going to go unrepresented. It might cost them even more money. So mm-hmm. there, it, it, th- there's a lot of unintended consequences here. What do you two think about all this? Stacy, I'd like to start with you because your husband's veteran. you got a lot of veterans in your family. I mean, I know this hits home a little bit for you here. Th- this is very sad and shocking to me, and I think it's one of the problems that Michael Ketchmark and these other attorneys are not even thinking about these people. They're looking at the 40% they're going to make on the settlement.
1: Correct. Right. And I've worked with so many veterans over the past couple of years getting into homes, and it's so exciting. It's exciting to them. Um, and it's it's. I feel like helping them, to me, I feel honored to be able to help them get into their homes. Um, all different price points, different ends of the spectrum, but for the most part, they are entitled to that benefit. And some of them have had no money to come to closing very little you know what I mean or they were getting a gift mm-hmm. from a family member but this allowed them to get into a property and to really um, build upon that mm-hmm. and there's a sense of pride when anybody buys a house right I mean you, it, there's a sense of pride and these people are proud people so for them to be able to do it and get their families a roof over their head it's just something special about it So to have that stat where these veterans don't even know that this benefit can be used, to me, that's astounding. I -hmm. I can't even wrap my head around it. Um, And also for people to be, um, especially some other agents or even sellers, to have a negative uh, opinion or a negative uh, aspect about the VA loans. Because you get that sometimes. Right. You know, oh, it's yes. a VA. It's a v- they're financing VA. Mm-hmm. So when I've, I've come across that with my clients, mm-hmm. I have to educate the other agents on the other side what that really means. Right. And it's not this big, scary thing. It's right. like, it's first of all, it's a benefit. And hey, they got this far and they're guaranteed this benefit. right? There's one obstacle that every lender has to go. You have to go through the appraisal, mm-hmm. Right. There might be a little extra in in that inspection, but if the property's sound, we could always come to terms on, on what needs to be done, right? Uh, so I don't think that that's a big obstacle, right. to, or a big hurdle, right? And I don't know where that negativity comes from, but I've gotten through. I've never had a VA loan fall apart, okay, at the end, right? Haven't no, yeah. so that's uh, you know, that's a positive thing there. But I think that there needs to be more. Um, you know, there needs to be more information about the VA benefit out there, especially amongst other agents and how it is a benefit and how it can um, be utilized. Yeah. But I I really, I think that this is definitely going to hurt that segment of population right. and home affordability, you know, to those folks, it's going to be gone.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. They're
1: not going to be able to get into anything. They'll right. be renting Yeah. if they can. Well, I mean,
0: I wonder if the, no, I don't want to say stigma toward the VA loan, but the like apprehension like, when you're on the listing side and you're looking at them. If that has gotten worse in the last few years where other buyers with other types of financing are waiving, you know, completely waiving inspections, completely, you know, saying they'll cover different appraisal gaps or, or whatnot, where you're basically, maybe sellers are getting so used to having this, like, sure thing, whereas, like, these these pieces that go along with the VA loan does not mean that the buyer is looking for a way to get out of it. They want the house. You you know? want the house. And in previous times, these were all very standard things that went along for any, you know, home purchase, like getting the inspections and getting like the appraisal report coming in and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Like, uh, I don't know if it's gotten more pushed in one direction because now so many people are just skipping that whole thing and saying waived. And part of that does have to occur for the VA loan. But it's it's not like they're doing anything scary
1: or trying to make the deal fall apart. Right. The only inspection that's required would be a pest inspection. <laughs> mm-hmm. So or, or if it has a well, you have to have yeah. a water sample. Yeah. Um, but other than that, the way I've gotten around that and we're able to be competitive in the market mm-hmm. where they would – Still, waive the inspections, but they were um, having that required uh, lender inspection of a pest inspection, mm-hmm. and if the seller wouldn't pay for it, and then my clients pay for it, and, and yeah. that's how that's how we got through it. Right.
2: So there's some, I, I, there's a mistake agents make there. Mm-hmm. They make it contingent on the pest inspection instead of just doing the pest inspection, mm-hmm. and then this is where agents got to get educated. You're absolutely right. People think, and I've heard this from people we we both know, where, oh, you got to make a contingent on that. Well, the answer is no, you don't. Mm-hmm. They just have to have a clear cert. And mm-hmm. that's a mistake that happens here. Um, a lot of people liken it, or I don't know if that's a word, they liken this to an FHA appraisal, where Correct. they look for like safety items and other things that are there, and it's, it's, it's bad information. Um, one of the challenges, though, is, like in, in the pandemic you mentioned, people are coming in putting 50% down, you know, that that's tough because financially they're they're more likely to move ahead. And, and I mean, it's it's a challenge. And I, I think it just it, it stinks that there's a stigma attached to it. And some people really need to get real on what's happening. But they also got to get educated. Yeah. The big theme from today's show is agents aren't self-educating enough. And if you're not getting clear on what's going on, you're in a lot of trouble. I agree. So accept the VA offers, everybody.
1: Yes, do it.
2: <laughs> that's it for this week's episode if you liked what we had to say subscribe and like us on youtube if you want to get in touch about your situation make sure to click on the link in the comments to schedule a call with our team and if you want to follow stacy she's at the number two mitchco on instagram you can follow sarah at ty with a y underscore ty time you can follow me at tom tool 3rd and we'll be back next week on tool time real estate radio on wwdb 860 a.m I'm Naheem Hines, running back for the Indianapolis Colts and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14 and I watched her struggle but MDA helped her get the best treatments and care. And they also help kids like my buddy, Ethan.
4: My name is Ethan and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me.
2: For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today.